Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb. Unfortunately, my co-host, Jeff Ayers, is unable to make it tonight, but that's okay. We're going to have a great conversation. We're going to be pleased to welcome back none other than author D.P. Lyle. He's going to be talking about the fourth book in the Jake Longley series, which is called Rigged. Uh, you want to make sure that you check that out and all the books in the um, Jake Longley series, starting with Deep Six, A-List, and then Sunshine State. Before that, of course, all of our shows are brought to you by Suspense Magazine, so please make sure you visit suspensemagazine.com for more information, and also Kensington Books, so visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information on what they got going on. So without any further ado, of course, we want to welcome our good friend back, Doug. How you doing, my man? Great, John. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, of course, when we tape this, we're all indoors, uh, yeah, somewhere over there. Some are in our basements. There's some 30-year-olds that probably haven't left the basements with the video games, but that's beside the point. Uh, it's kind of a weird time, but we're able to at least be able to talk about the Jake Longley book here, number four, called Rigged. You want to kind of say it's more like a, I guess you want to say like a thriller comedy series in a way. Uh, so give us a little bit about what you going on, going on there with Jake. Well, Jake is... Uh... I think you're right. It's a, they're comedic thrillers. I mean, they they have thriller Hilarious. elements. There's crimes. There's murders. You know. There's forensics. There's all that stuff. Dude, uh, you got a guy called Pancake. You got a guy called Pancake. I mean, well, what, what more could you ask for? Yeah. But it's done kind of low key, tongue in cheek, funny. Uh, what I like about it is it's not dark like my other stuff. It's not procedural and heavy forensic science like a lot of my other series. It's just a comedic fun. A lot of happenstance, a lot of serendipity, and a lot of banter. Uh, a lot of goofy characters doing goofy things. Oh, but by the way, there's a crime going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I like it. It's uh, it's very light. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, you know, we started talking to you when you started writing Deep Six, and you were saying just how much fun you were having with it because it was something that you'd never done before. You had never gone more of the comedic route with the thriller books included with crime. So when you start looking back now and you're in book four, how do you kind of see Jake's evolution kind of from deep sick into rig? Do you think that it's kind of the way that, it's, that, that you thought it was going to go, or what kind of surprises have you uh, seen along the way? Well, I mean, number one, it's, it's, it's done very, very well, which is always a surprise and a welcome <laughs> surprise. But um, I didn't really have any expectations. I just wanted to write a comedic thriller-like book and see what happens. And so uh, I didn't have a title. I didn't have anything. I really had one scene. That was it. And I said, you know, let's don't get too crazy here. Uh, Most of my stuff before the Jake Longley books were outlined. Uh, They were all plotted out before I started writing. And I said, you know, just write the scene that's in your mind, and let's just see what happens. I mean, what do you got to lose? Right. And then another scene, and another scene, and another scene, and the next thing you know, I'm at 20,000 words, and it's rolling. And the next thing you know, I'm at 50,000 words, and it's like, my God, this is easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I didn't know where where it was going next. I might know the next three or four scenes, but after that, I didn't really know. Um, I didn't really know how it was going to end. You know, I just knew that. The good guys yeah, are going to win, the bad guys are going to lose, but, you know, that's sure. pretty generic. Yeah. Yeah, I did, you know, and, and it's, and when, you know, like with thriller books, and I'll just use like James Bond, for instance, you know, when you see a James Bond movie, every time he's put in a, you know, perilous, you know, uh, 
perilous place that, you know, you thought, oh, my God, is he going to die? Well, no, of course he's not. But it's not yeah. about that. It's about the journey of how he escapes all the time exactly. and ends up beating them at the end. And exactly. that's what it is. It's like, you know, your books are a journey that make you laugh and make you gasp kind of at the same time with this series. Yeah, and I think James Bond's a, 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 an excellent example, actually, because there's a lot of humor in James Bond. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the, the names Snarky. of the characters, if nothing else. But he is always so glib and and sarcastic, and 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 you know. And, but there's a method to his madness. And James mm-hmm. Bond was always uh, humorous. I, I, you know, you would laugh in the movies, even though there was a lot of action, there was a lot of suspense, there was a lot of shoot 'em up, bang 'em up, blow 'em up. But yet there was humor sprinkled all through it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, when I, whenever I read a book and it's set in a small town, I always kind of wish that it's like, oh, you know, I, I've never been there, uh, and I'm glad that the, you know, I always hope that the author really makes it go bigger. But it's funny because I actually know and have been to Fairhope, Alabama. Yeah. I worked down in Mobile for a time when I was at a travel nurse company, and I, and I was down there. And so I was by Fairhope. And I think that when, when you look at, or when you think of Alabama in general, most people in the country, they would never think that a city would like that would be in the state. So kind of explain the setting a little bit of why you found that that was a great place for rigged. Well, Fairhope was actually founded by almost like a, a group of commune dwellers way back in the day. They just wanted an idyllic place to hang out and do art, you know, whatever they did. And so they started Fairhope, which I thought was an interesting name. But if you look at Fairhope, you go to the map, it's down there by Mobile on that little that little tongue of Alabama. Like inlet or something, sits, yeah. It sits on the uh, eastern shore of Mobile Bay, so it faces west. And so the sunsets are over the water. And it's, it's, it's called the Carmel of the South because it's very artsy. It's got great little restaurants. It's got a great setting. There's a little town up the road called Daphne that is a kind of a miniature version of that. Yep, Daphne. Uh, yeah, and I mean, and, and, and Magnolia Springs, farm country, but a cute little yeah. village. And all these, these, these locations figure into the story. But Fairhope is is one of the neatest places I've ever been. It, it's just a cool town. And anybody who finds themselves down on the Gulf Coast, do yourself a favor and drive over to Fairhope and spend the afternoon, have lunch somewhere, hang out. And you know what the best thing about it is? All their coffee shops and stuff have Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> you don't you find know? that in the West Coast. And not everybody has Bluebell. And I don't know if you've ever had anybody out there who has yep. not had Bluebell. Oh. Kill someone to get it. It's the best yeah. ice cream on the planet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> comes out of town. Yeah. You move out to the West Coast and you don't find it. And we had it in the Midwest in Ohio. Uh, yeah. I remember having it there. But yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a food group of its own. I think you could say. Absolutely, it's a cult following. <laughs> yeah. So when you're sitting down to start thinking of a setting, um, do you kind of already have the plot? figured out kind of a little bit about where you want to go, and then you're kind of looking for a place to put it, and that's kind of how Fairhope kind of came in, into the radar? Uh, yes and no. I, I wanted to set something in Fairhope because I wanted to write about mm. it. And, uh, so you kind of thought of the setting first then? Yeah, yeah, kind of, in this circumstance anyway. And uh, it was very early in the thought process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Jake and, and, and crew lived down in Gulf Shores, which is 
literally 30, 40 miles from Fairhope, and it can take anywhere from 30, 40 minutes to two hours to get there, depending on the time of the day and the day right. of the because the traffic down there can be horrendous. But uh, I, I, I wanted to set it there. I wanted to set a story there, and I had this kind of story in mind. The more I thought about it, I said, you know, it'll fit perfectly. It'll fit perfectly in that location. It's, it's like with A-List. I always wanted to set a book in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I started thinking about this story, I thought, yeah, this is perfect for New Orleans. That was the second Jake book. It's perfect okay. for New Orleans. So, yeah, yeah I think and setting is so important. It's well, so important. When you kind of, you know, jump over to some of your other books, and we'll kind of get into your new Kane and Harper series, you know, Skin in the Game, um, you know, that's one that would say on the darker of the side. We wouldn't call that comedic thriller, even though I guess it could be considered funny in a way, you know, depending on your humor. <laughs> not the same kind of fun. <laughs> not the same kind of fun, but it's, but, it, but it's very, very, very much character-driven, I think, more in a way than some of your other books. Right. And the one thing that you can see from all of your stories, whether it's Dub Walker or Samantha Cody, there's, they're all a little different in the way as, like you said, procedural, more dark, more comedic in those kinds of ways. I can't really think of another author that has four different series that are kind of all four so different. Typically it's like they're all FBI and it's just another FBI guy or something right. to that effect. Yeah, uh, and, and people ask me a lot, to, you know, why don't you write medical thrillers? And, and it's because I hang around with doctors all day. Why do I want to do that on my fun time? Um, no. And plus, you know, there's other guys out there that are doing that well. What, what do I want to do that? And it doesn't interest me. You know, that's yeah. my day job. I want to do something that's different. I want to. I want to be in a world that's different, and I want to deal with characters that that I don't know. And I want to create them, and I want to live with them, and think about them, and and develop them. And uh, so I, it kind of. But yet there are commonalities in all of these and I think if you had a through thread through the four series mm-hmm. it would be the female characters they're all oh. smart tough pretty sarcastic and, and 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 can take care of business if you go back to Dub Walker you know Claire his mm-hmm. ex-wife with benefits as, as I call it okay she doesn't take any crap from Dub or T. Tommy his buddy she's tough She's smart, she's quick-witted, she thinks on her feet. And, of course, Sam is all of that and more. Uh, you know, and then you move on to, to uh, Jake Longley and Nicole, even though she is drop-dead gorgeous and, you know, one of these centerfold Hollywood star looking, but, boy, don't ever mistake that. She's not, <laughs> she's not a bubble-headed blonde. She will knock you out. She will outsmart you she will outthink you she's tough as nails and then of course when you get to Kane and Harper Harper McCoy is not someone you want to cross so they're all tough and they're all smart and they I think they go against stereotype and I like that because they're people Mm -hmm. I think there's too much said about men's fiction and women's fiction and yada 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 they're people they're people One happens to be a guy, one happens to be a girl, but they both have their own personality sets, their own wants and fears, their own skills and their own weaknesses. And there's really not that much difference. 
There really isn't. Yeah. And typically, I never really... So I really don't think about gender that way when I'm reading a thriller. I think about a character that can get the job done and not worrying about if they have to be male or female, I guess, unless the author is making it a point that the gender means something. You know what right. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But I don't really think that way. When I look at some of my most favorite characters, and I'll just say some of my most favorite women characters, early on, not now, but early on, Kay Scarpetta was always one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I love yep. older Patricia Cornwell. Just yep. love it. Yep. Um, and and Linda Castillo's like Kate, Kate Burkholder, you know, the Amish series. One of the great mm-hmm. characters. I love it. You know, I, I know people, they say, well, you know, I, I won't read the books by men, or I won't be books written by women. I don't get insane. that. What is wrong with you? If the book yeah. is good, the book is good. If right. it's not good, it's not good. It really does not matter anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, that. I don't, I mean, I don't care who wrote it. I just care that exactly. it's good. That, that, that's really it. I buy books for entertainment. I, yeah. Entertainment or information, I guess you want to say. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it, but, does, it doesn't matter to me who wrote it, as long as it's a good story. You know, obviously and, I have authors that I read a lot. And, you know, my two favorite just happen to be guys, James Lee Burke and Elmore Leonard. But, you know, you throw in there, uh, you know, people I mentioned, Linda Castillo, I love her work. Uh, Meg Gardner, I love her work. Uh, Sharon Slaughter, I know you love Sharon Slaughter. I worship uh, Lisa Gardner. Uh, yep. I mean, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. Oh yeah, and, uh, I mean, I like, it, I like good writers. But I never would have I, that that string that you said about your writing. I, I guess I never probably would have put that together yeah. until you you picked it out. I would never have picked up on that. Right, right. And then people ask, you know, how do you get this banter? that Jake and Nicole always have. You know, they're all, they, they love each other, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not afraid of poking sticks at each other and, and pointing out each other's foibles, especially Nicole with Jake, because he's such a target-rich environment. And right. if you go back in the Dub Walker books, Claire was a lot the same way. But people have asked me before, where do you get that? And I said, watch Tracy and Hepburn. Go watch no, the old Tracy one. and Hepburn movies. That's a good one. I I, I love Spencer Tracy. I love Catherine Hepburn. And the two of them together was a dynamic that was special. And if you, you know, Bogey and Bacall had a little bit of that, but Tracy and Hepburn really had it. Uh, Watch the movie Adam's Rib, and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. She's tough. She's smart. She's on an even level with him. And so both of them have their hands full with each other. And that dynamic, that situational comedy dynamic, I just love. And so Jake and Nicole just, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. But after I wrote the first two books, I thought, you know, this is what Tracy and Hepburn would have done. So it kind of seeped in because I grew call. up watching those movies. That's a good <laughs> call. And, and Lucy and Ricky, let's go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a comedic approach. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she was always giving him grief, you know, and Gosh. vice versa. You know? <laughs> I mean, her and Carol Burnett have, were just masters. Yep. Absolutely. At the, I mean, I still to this day just remember being like seven, eight years old, nine, ten years old, and just loving the Carol Burnett show. Oh, yep. Yep. couldn't yep. get enough of it. And I think Lucy is probably the greatest comedian that ever lived. Uh, she had so many skills. 
so many skills, physical comedy, timing, uh, delivery, facial expressions. I mean, she could do it all, just do everything. And it seems like there was a gap between Lucille Ball and then other kind of bigger women comedians. Yeah. Like, they didn't seem to be able to get on her coattails and be able to make a career out of herself, maybe because she just was that unique. No one could ever really be that way again, and they just always fell a little flat. Yeah, I, you, I don't think you could even grab Lucy's coattails. I think she was in the stratosphere. Obviously, yeah. she was at the right place in the right time, um, and Desi Arnaz had a lot to do with that. You know, he was a bright guy, but yeah. she had the talent. And remember, this was the beginning of television. Yeah, and 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 they were right there in the forefront of it. The first twenty years of television, and basically wrote the script for everybody else. Yeah, and then George Burns and Great oh, Deep. Burns and Allen, my God. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that was great. And Say so, good night, Gracie. Good night. And yeah. and and so the the thing is, is that but what it brings it back to is the strong connection of the male female character, no matter if it's drama romance thriller suspense mystery if it's if the element's not there the author's going to fall flat i think i think so i think so yeah and i and, mean and that's that's true of all character relationships they have to be real true uh, but if you do more men men or women women right i right. think it's a little bit different yep yeah it doesn't quite have that same I mean, I mean, you know and i guess if you want to look at it you can say martin and lewis were, were good at it if you want to look again at going back to those kinds of things, but it has been more of the female-male that have, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Cher and um, Sonny and Cher. And I, I, know, I know a lot of writers, and, and it's, not, it's not a criticism at all, it's just a statement of fact, uh, aren't comfortable writing cross-gender, and, and, and to me, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I grew up with two sisters and a mother that was insane, you know. <laughs> 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 My mother was known for being insane. She was funny as hell. But, uh, but the the point is, is they're people. Yeah, they're people first, and don't ever lose sight of fact that, that that's the that that's the case, and yeah. go from there. And then, but then I don't write about a lot of heavyweight social agenda stuff anyway. I, I, it bores me. So you know, if, if you yeah, got a social agenda or a religious pitch or a political pitch, I'm not going to read your book. I want good right. characters in trouble, trying now, to solve a problem or having a lot of fun doing it. One or the other. But now. The only thing about religion that you will that you will read is snake preaching. Cause oh yeah, that, write, that's different. You did write a book about that. Oh, I did. Snake <laughs> handling is a whole different whole different level. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm scared to death of snakes, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, if you and I guess did you see the um, get a little off topic, but did you see the the tweet by Drew Brees who? Uh, tweeted out the picture of a rattlesnake on his path. He goes, oh, he goes, taking the dogs out for a late afternoon walk, and the rattlesnakes are out, and he has a picture of it. And underneath you see Sean Payton comment saying, I think we need to take a different direction next time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, we just signed you to a two-year, $50 million deal. Your ass better not get bit by a rattlesnake. It's true, man. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Now, 
you know, since we have all this free time because we're all indoors, have you been watching any, uh, have you found anything new, like Netflix-wise, or any new shows that you've been, like, hanging on to? Because you, like, you love to watch those TV shows. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah I love stories. Since Live PD's uh, not see, live I see anymore. Ozark just drops. I'm, get, I'm just now getting ready to get into that. I'm, I know right. when I sit down and get started, I won't be able to pull away. But actually, I just finished The Crown. Oh, really? The three season, and I'm going to tell you, it's fantastic. It okay. really, really, really is well done. I also just finished watching The Center. Eh, I think this season wasn't as good as the others. Yeah. I think the first season was the best, but that often happens. Um, Yeah, true. uh, And, you know, and I got a few new ones that I haven't gotten into yet. Um, Other things I've watched that I really like was uh, Shetland and and Broadchurch. They're both British, and they're both fantastic. Um, And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so much. I mean, now that live PD is not live, and yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's no sports going on. Of course, my only other really show that I'm watching is cooking shows of ridiculousness. I mean, I'm kind of out. Exactly. So I'm like, damn, I, you know, because I love watching stupid people, and ridiculousness is at least my fill of stupid people. Um, which is why yeah. you know both of us love watching live PD too much, and that's the and that's the tagline that you know I made up, which is. You know, you never get tired of watching stupid. You know, watching yeah, stupid never exactly. gets old. It, just it doesn't. never gets old. It never and, gets old. But so I've been kind of looking around and seeing and, you know, look. Um, but I thought that they did, and this is just the, the miniseries I saw. I don't know if you saw the the Jeffrey Deaver one, The Bone Collector on NBC. I haven't watched it. You know, I read obviously read all those books and loved them. Yeah, um, yeah well, this was that this. This was the Bone Collector. This was going back yeah. to that book, so it was yeah. good. It was, it was. They did well, and I hope that they continue it. I know that it's up to maybe continue. So I hope that that happens because I thought it was good. Um, you know, but there's just so many out there. I think huh. we tried watching what was it? The um, some witch show, The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get yeah, into that I, too I, much. I'm not big into that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to watch because Shannon likes a little bit more apocalyptic kind of things, and yeah. I like a little bit more horror on that kind of side. Stephen James did say to watch The Invisible Man. He texted me and he was like, "Dude, he goes, go see The Invisible Man." He goes, "It was awesome." Oh, okay. I haven't seen. I, it looked like it was good. And then I wanted to see the movie The Hunt. Yeah, I hear that's that's very well done. Yeah, yeah, very well done. You know, because I like those darker kind of movies yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like Killing Eve's getting ready to come back. I understand. So. <laughs> oh, and didn't she win an award? I think, she, I think so. It was at least nominated. I think she won an I Emmy. You're right. But yeah, uh, I think she won an Emmy. Yeah, she did. She won the Emmy. Emmy, and she's fantastic. What a yeah. what a what a wild show. And of course, Sandra Oh is outstanding anyway. But what a wild show. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got into that one yet. Oh. I haven't. Well, well, be careful because once you start, once you get in, you start. To, yeah, you won't be yeah. able to. You won't be able to get out. Oh, another thing, Homeland's very good this this season. I, I you know, this is their last season. I think there's oh, okay. only a couple of more episodes and it'll shut down. But it's really well done. Okay, you know, and I never got into that Westworld phenomenon. I thought nah. that was one of the dumbest shows I'd ever seen. Yeah. When Shannon was watching that for like the first five episodes, I go, "This is freaking stupid." Yeah, even the original movie didn't work for me. So, and yeah, that was with Yul Brenner. So I mean, you know that. Was that? Oh wait, wait, there was a movie. Oh yeah, I had no way idea. back. Huh. Way back, I think it starred Yul Brenner, if I remember correctly. The guy was forty years old. 
I had no idea. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow. So what else you got coming? What else? Do you, I mean, you're also home, so you're writing. Are you writing anything? Are you writing anything new? Are you thinking of anything new? Or are you just sticking in the series? Well, or? Um, you, you you, well, you know, uh, I've already finished. I know one of them, yeah. Yeah, because uh, well, the rig is coming out in May, and then in October you guys are putting out the next Prior Bad Axe. Kane Harper book, Prior Bad Axe. Yeah. And right now I'm working on um, the next Jake book, Okay, which is called The O.C. It takes place here in Orange County. They come out here to to, to find a cold to shoot a movie that she's written oh. the script, and but things go sideways okay. uh, with a friend of hers that picks up a stalker, and that's what that one's kind of all about. And then I'm starting to put notes together for the next Kane Harper book, <laughs> uh-huh. which doesn't have a title yet, but but it's going to be uh, about a serial killer, and and it's going to be you know. Where are you going to? Do you have an idea where you're going to? Where is it going to be set? I think it's going to be set in the Charleston area. Oh, yeah. Okay. We were actually going to Charleston in about a week, but uh, needless oh. to say, we shut all that down. Yeah. <clears throat> what were you going to do out there? Just vacation? We're going to go to Hilton Head for a little while and then up to Charleston. Just hang out, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. See the area, see new stuff, a little bit of book research, but mainly just to see the area, uh, being a southern boy. You know, yeah. the Car- oh, yeah, Carolina like coast yeah. is always cool. Well, hey, the one good thing, at least football season was able to finish because you got oh. no baseball, you got no nothing going on right now. and um, Wow, you know, you know me. Best thing about this is we don't have to put up with basketball and hockey. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Who invented those sports? Good Lord! You know I don't um, watch. I do not watch any hockey. I just don't. I just I tried to watch it before, and you know I will go live and watch it because it's a great live sport. But watching it on TV, it's so hard. Yeah. You know, and basketball. The I watch, I actually watch more games on YouTube, older games. I'm glad that NBA TV was having like 1985, you know, and then you know games in 1990, like a 1994 Bulls Knicks game, which was good. You know, that's when basketball was still a sport. I think now it's just so, I don't know. It, I find it boring. I just, well, yeah, yeah. Now they score 120 points instead of 80, and you know, well, it's no, basically the, an exhibition. The funny <laughs> thing is, is that when you look at those Lakers, like the Lakers Sixers, later, you know, Lakers Celtics in those finals. They were scoring 120 to 118, and they were taking, like, a total of, like, four three-pointers in the entire game. Yeah. It was, because, it was a war in the paint. But, uh, oh. anyway, basketball, watch the last two minutes. It takes an hour and a half. That's all you need to do. <laughs> That's true. There's an unwritten rule in basketball that you have to use all your timeouts. Yeah, I know. That's true. Unbelievable. But, <laughs> you but, know, uh, but with football coming preference. up. Yeah, but with football coming up. Uh, Maybe. Hopefully, the draft is coming up at the end of April, so that'll be good. And we'll kind of see where your Alabama boys go. Well, all I know is if they shut down college football, I'll commit suicide. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we'll be good to go. Yeah, we'll, college. Be, we'll be. Through I mean, that's what um, they don't start practice. I don't think it, until, let's put it that way. <laughs> so what? We'll be through with it, or at least comfortable with it. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, um, and they don't start football until beginning of August or very late. July, I know late July is NFL, and I think the college right. starts like right around then. Yeah, about a week before Labor Day. Yeah, I mean First the thing game, is, yeah. is um, you know they were talking about how 
these spring practices being canceled and what teams they're going to hurt because they have teams with new quarterbacks that now you won't get that extra time to be able to maybe right. install stuff into them. And, you know, I don't know if those guys are doing anything on their own. I don't know. Are you hearing anything out? Oh, I'm sure they're doing a lot on their own. But, uh, you know, but that's just the nature of those guys. You know, they're committed. Sure. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys didn't come to – a lot of guys didn't enroll early and don't come in till July, August anyway. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's that's a big deal. I mean, it's a deal, but it's not a huge deal. It's just uh, they do what they do. Yeah. Oh, now real quick, tell us a little bit about the uh, the podcast that you still do. Oh yeah, uh, it's called Criminal Mischief: The Art and Science of Crime Fiction, and uh, I basically just talk about either the the science, the medical forensic science that might help storytellers, or I talk about aspects of writing. I just finished a three-part series on forensic toxicology that kind of broke all it down into how it works, how you can use it, um, a lot of the poisons and drugs and stuff, and, and, and things that, that writers like to do. Writers love poisons, you know, and what yeah. works and what doesn't work and what's real and what's not real and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm having fun with it. It is. It's a lot of fun. And then, of course, nice. I just finished recording two of my uh, Jake books, um, <clears throat> Sunshine oh, nice. State and Rigged for um, audio, and that reminds me, I got to get you skin in the game audio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just about ready to say because uh, you know, as soon as we'll get that one out on Audible. Yeah, I love audio books, though. I love them. Yeah, it's it's interesting to sit here and talk to yourself for a few hours, <laughs> yeah. for many hours, and and read your work. Now, do you read uh, because it? Because I always want to edit it as I go along. Well, that's the thing. Do you read it word for word, or you know, some of them you can get the abridged version, and it's not like word for word, but you still basically get the story, of course. No, word for word, every bit word of it. Word for word. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what people want. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you took classes on on words anyway, so on uh, voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. And, yeah. You got the voice for it. Especially for your books. I mean, come well, on. You know what the hardest part was? What? Slowing down. Oh, yeah. you got to slow down when you're reading a book. And, uh, uh, and you find yourself getting, you know, ticking up the pace a little bit, and you got to remind yourself, no, say every word, take your time, you know, yeah. say it clean and concise. Because that was the hard part. And uh, just slow down. And then just yeah. read it. Just read it. Don't right. don't get too theatrical. <laughs> yeah. Well, so dplylemd.com is the best place to find everything out about you, correct? Exactly. You can connect and, to everything. That's the website, and you can go to the blog and the podcast and the old radio show and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now what social media do you kind of work on the most, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn are probably the big three. Yeah. Okay. That's what I you do. Spend some most of your time. Instagram, but not that much. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not an Instagram guy either. I That's do a lot more right. Twitter, Facebook. Twitter and Facebook are the two big ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what Facebook kind of gets you, but you still put them out there. I guess a lot of people are still out there on it. Oh, absolutely. Even though it's you know sometimes a pain, but uh, but yeah. it is. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Yeah, you do. Those are those are the outlets right now. 
yeah. you know, to get that's the word out and to, you know, exactly advertise, now. whatever you do with it. I mean, that's the portal. I mean, we go to that Earth. I don't know if you have, uh, I forget if you have Apple TV or not, but there's that app called uh, EarthCam. And so we go to EarthCam, and it lets you go to all these different cities around the world, and you just see, like, nothing going on. And it's like, that's like your portal to, like, the outside world. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, exactly. You know, beach is empty, New York City, Times Square, nobody there. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, wow, well, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we, we actually went out and went over to the grocery store today, and it wasn't crowded, but there were people there. But not that many, but, you know, that's fine. We got in, got out what we needed to do in 10 minutes. and Exactly. You know, didn't have to talk to a human, really, so it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your cat probably was like, boy, you guys got to leave, man. So... All right, man. Well, hey, it's always a pleasure. Always again, a pleasure. Everybody, again, make sure you get it rigged. It is out in uh, May 20th, correct, right? May, May 19th, but yeah. Oh, May 19th. So, yeah. yeah, out May 19th, book four, Jake Longley series. Uh, so make sure you pick up your copy, uh, dplylemd.com for more information. Doug, it's always a pleasure. We will always. speak with you soon. We'll chat. You got it. Thanks. All right, man. Bye-bye.